Hello, Mr. Old Prospector. Well, hello there. Thank you for coming in to interview today. I didn't have a choice. Uh, you didn't know what you're here for, right? <laughs> I don't have a clue. Well, you're here to fill the new co-host slot for the Retro Bliss podcast, since I bumped off my friend Johnny. What's a podcast? You know, a podcast where we talk about all these old Nintendo and Sega games and all kinds of cool stuff. The only thing I know about, sir, is gold. Is there any gold in these? Because if there's not, I don't know why I'm here. Oh, yeah. Retro Bliss is pure retro gaming gold. Yeah, but you know what else is gold? These two pistols I brought with me. Whoa, put those away, sir. <laughs> hey, ow, cut it out. You gotta tell me where those games are. Uh, well, the Retro Bliss podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and the web at Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. Yeah, I need a ride home. Uh, you're gonna have to get a cab. I don't know what that is. You're a cab! And welcome to another episode of History Creeps. I am one of your illustrious hosts, Carter Johnson, and with me are, you know, words like truth and justice get tossed around a lot now, you know. But but these two guys really, they're they're truth and justice guys. Chris Chavez, truth. Hello, what's up, guys? And Johnny Townsend, definitely justice. As you can tell by the sirens going on. That's right. <laughs> you have that. You had that plan, didn't you? <laughs> no, actually, I live down the street from a fire department, so I don't even really hear it anymore. As he's as he's starting the intro, he's dialing nine one one. They're like, "This is not a joke, Carter. Stop doing that." Yeah. They'll understand it's for a podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say they don't care about your stupid podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so today, uh, we have, uh, something that not a lot of people seem to remember nowadays, but, uh, before we get into that, uh, we have some current creeps, uh, for you, and I really want to hear Chris's, so Chris, why don't you go first, because this is interesting. Oh, all right, yeah, get mine out of the way, I'm not feeling too well, so it's easier, um, mine's kind of, re- I'm revisiting a story I talked about a couple of episodes ago. Um, if you guys remember, I, I don't, I think it was in Connecticut or something where, uh, people were ex- saying that they had heard loud explosive sounds in the atmosphere, loud booms, and no one knew where it came from. There wasn't fireworks, um, you know, no sonic booms, nothing like that going on. Uh, they couldn't figure it out. And I just saw on the news recently, um, I believe it was just like two days ago. Let me see if I can find it. The twenty was it twenty fifth? Uh, the thirtieth? No, actually, yesterday um, in New Orleans there was more mysterious booms. So when I was looking this up, I was like, I got to see what this is about because, um, you know, first they heard it out in Connecticut, then they heard it now they're hearing it in New Orleans, and and I, I started seeing a weird thing that this is actually going on all over the place. When you put in mysterious booms or mystery booms in Google. You are going to find all kinds of articles, and I'm talking about from recent months as of November, December, January, of 
all across the country these this weird phenomena taking place. January 4th, or, or actually it was New Year's Eve, January 1st, January 2nd, uh, Connecticut residents heard it. Um, in, let's see, when was this? This was January 24th. Uh, there was booms out in San Diego. They heard some. Um, like I just said, January 30th, New Orleans heard some. Uh, January 29th, Washington, D.C., there was booms going on. Uh, January 26th in Texas, there was loud booms that no one can account for. Uh, January 19th of this year in North Carolina, residents of Mount Holly exploit, uh, were talking about crazy booms that they can't account for. So it's just this weird phenomenon that's happening all over the country. And they all have the same um, kind of feel for it. These these residents, they, they are either woken up. Um, most of the time it's at night. I think there was one that was in the middle of the day. No, but most of the times at night they're woken up by these loud explosive booms. Um, I used to live in Florida, and uh, I remember a lot of times whenever we'd see in the news that the space shuttle was going to be returning, uh, you know, from a mission in space, and it would break through our atmosphere. That they would tell you, be you know, be prepared to hear the the sonic booms from that, and those are loud, like they'll rattle your windows. It's super loud. Have you guys ever heard a sonic boom before? Oh yeah. I did one once in Street Fighter. <laughs> also in the most recent opening of Into Oblivion. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, dude. Um, yeah, these things are it's it seems like it's this crazy occurrence that's happening more and more frequency. Um, and it doesn't it's not like it's concentrated in one part of our country. It looks like it, it's all over the country. East Coast, West Coast, North, South. Uh, it's crazy. So I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing to bring up. Um, the most recent one, as I said, was January, January 30th in new Orleans. Uh, the article I saw says this more mysterious booms are being heard around the city, but still there's no answers as to its source. It's been going on for weeks. So you can imagine many are starting to wonder if the mystery will ever be solved. It's pretty easy to hear the booms," said resident Karen shuts. There's no sound like it. Another day has passed and the mysterious exploding noises heard around town has not been solved. Uh, however, one thing is clear. Those booms, which residents said sound like a cannon, are leaving people rattled. It's more than just curiosity. It's some, is something going on? Questions Tory Godbay. It was heard in Broadmoor a few weeks ago and in Uptown it was heard a few days ago. All of a sudden it's this huge explosion and you have to do a double take. And like my dog freaks out completely. <laughs> uh Crazy, right? This one guy says since December, he heard of at least 150 reports of booms across the country. What are you guys' that, thoughts? That's that's weird. I mean, it's just, is it strong enough to like shake windows and stuff like that? Yeah, there are some that are saying that it's strong enough to shake windows. Um, like, And it's weird because NASA, you know, they're coming out and saying they don't know what's going on. The, what's the uh, geological society, the ones that, that measure seismic oh, the, things? The U.S. Geological Survey. Yeah, they don't – they're yeah. saying that it's not – there's no, you know, earthquakes or anything like that happening. Um, the U.S. Air Force and the military are saying that they're, it's not them. It's not any of their uh, aircraft, no sonic booms at that time. Um, so – no one has an answer for what it is, and it's just it's just this really weird thing. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting to see how much more it's happening now, even in the past month since the last time I brought it up. Yeah, and it's happening all across the country too. Which is yeah. is it happening in other countries around the world, or is it just in the United States? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I didn't look. I, I didn't even look that much deeper into it, but I will. <laughs> 
I'm guess. very no. curious about this because it. I mean, does it sound like it's coming from the ground somewhere? They all say it's, it sounds like it's coming from the from the sky. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. All right. There's uh, I just typed in mysterious booms around the world. Um, hitting the news sections. It looks like it's mostly the United States. Isn't that even weirder? That is. Yeah, strange. that is kind of weird. Huh. Yeah. And they're I'm sure not... it's not like any kind of experimental aircraft or anything like that. No, everybody. Well, not from military. Nobody, you know, no one's saying anything, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, even if it was, we wouldn't know. They wouldn't say it. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it looks like all of these look like it's all around here. Wichita. Well, that's Canada. No, it's not. Where's Wichita? Kansas? Kansas. Kansas. What was I thinking so, of? But- what was I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, but nobody's like seen anything, right? It's just no. A, it's just the boom. No headlines are all like mysterious boom rattles New Yorkers, mysterious explosion baffles Alhambra. Because um, when I used to go to the beach, uh, actually, I still go to this beach uh, off the coast of South Carolina. There's a there's a, a an Air National Guard base down near there, and you're you're hard pressed to not spend a week down there in the summer and and hear a sonic boom. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you can't even see the plane. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, a lot, well, at least when they're being asked about it, the military saying it's not any of their aircraft. Uh, and I don't know how many of these places are around, you know, military bases or air 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 bases. I don't know. Strange, strange things, man. It's it time, is. It is weird. Time to call in Mulder and Scully. See what's going on. Yeah. This right. totally, yeah. yeah. It totally feels like an X Files like type of a story. It really does. I mean, that's strange. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's been a few times, I mean, even in this past, well, last year now, since it's 2017, mm-hmm. where I have heard like weird, strange explosion sounds in the distance. Have you really? And yeah, I mean, I'm not making this up, but it's like, it's been way in the distance. Uh, one time I heard it and my mom was with me and she heard it because we looked at each other. And then we ran outside looking for a fire or smoke or something. And we didn't see anything. Now, I'm not saying that there wasn't an actual explosion. I'm just saying that, you know, that was my experience with that. Huh. Maybe you did experience it because it says there's headlines that say in North Carolina, across North Carolina, it's happened as well. So, yeah, I was trying to figure out for him from Mount Holly, but I don't know off the top of my head. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's so, uh, interesting. so that's my current creeps, guys. There's still some crazy booms going on across the country. And if there's <laughs> listeners out there that are experiencing it, have heard it. Um, let us know. Let us know on our Facebook page when we post this next. When we post this episode, comment underneath. Let us know what uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods. Please, because we'd love to get a handle on this. Oh yeah, so that's <laughs> we're gonna mine. solve it. That's mine, yeah, guys. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. What do you what do you uh, what do you have for us? Well, you guys remember. I'm actually going to bring this up. I'm going to say up front. I don't know. <laughs> the how much uh, truth to put into this, but I brought it up to you guys and you both liked it. So here we go. You know, you guys remember a while back, Chris, uh, especially you. You remember bringing up the Black Eyed Children? Oh yeah, the Urban Legends episode. Well, since then, that's kind of grown even more. Hmm. You hear about it more and more. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts that deal with uh, strange things, and they're all talking about this stuff as well. But it's not just children. There's also apparently black-eyed adults. And in the uh, in Bristol, UK, the United Kingdom, 
for those who don't like abbreviations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on the weekinweird.com website, it's a really good website. It's got a lot of cool stuff on it. So if you're into this kind of stuff, you'd probably like them. But that's where you can find this. Uh, this woman wrote into them telling about this story. Uh, and the, the, the headline is Drowned by the Blackout Adults. What? Yeah. Does so it have her? Were, does it have her story that she sent in? Is it actually on there? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Oh, oh sweet. Nice. <laughs> so apparently, they I'm, I'm going to abbreviate this a lot because she wrote quite a bit. <laughs> but they were they they were leaving around work one day around 10:30 in the morning, uh, around uh, near a lake, and it apparently had been raining really heavy there, and like it was almost flooded, almost according to what she was saying. And they ran across four people walking along. The first was a short, middle-aged man with, like, uh, a gray beard, but his eyes were completely black. Uh, The second was a very tall, middle-aged woman, and her eyes, of course, were completely uh, black. The third was a teenage boy uh, with completely black eyes. And then the fourth was a very uh, beautiful African-American girl uh, with... Uh, whose eyes were normal, according to her, which is even more strange to me. <laughs> like, why is she hanging out with him? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Who are your friends? Oh, there's this. You see those people with the black guys over there? Yeah, we hang out. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, we're friends with them. Oh, those creepy people over there? <laughs> and she, go, yeah, she goes on to describe them even more. She says their skin didn't seem to fit them, whatever that means. And she said they oh, moved in the like- strength. Like the dude from uh, Men in Black, Men remember in Black. when he comes out of the pit <laughs> and he's stretching the skin on and it's kind of like hanging off him all loose looking and crazy. Yeah. Your skin is hanging off your bones. Isn't that D'Onofrio? Who it plays is. him? Yeah, yep, it Vince is. D'Onofrio. Awesome. That's the kingpin, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, their skin didn't seem to fit them and they moved in a very strange way. Almost like their limbs were bending in places, but there were no joints. The two older ones looked at us as we said good morning, but they had a really unsettling smile. Ugh. But they didn't say anything back. And they, what she said was really odd because where they are, it's actually a really friendly place, and they always, you know, people always talk to each other and stuff. Uh, they said that the two younger ones, like the 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 boy with the black eyes, just looked really angry, and the girl looked happy, but. Like she wasn't there, almost like she was hypnotized, according to her. She's on drugs. Just staring, yeah, just staring in the space, walking in front. Uh, she said the clothes were all modern clo- looking clothes, and they had all walking boots, except for the girl. Uh, she was wearing uh, flat pumps, which I'm assuming that's some kind of woman shoe. <laughs> 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 but anyway, she goes, What makes this even more weird? Uh, exactly one year later after spotting that. Her ex uh, tragically died at the age of 22 in, in the same river that they had uh, witnessed and saw those people. Uh, apparently, the report was that he had uh, hallucinated a girl named Sally throwing herself in after speaking to her. He could have been saved, but he refused to let anyone rescue him until he had saved the girl. There are a lot of residential boats there, so a lot of people heard him shouting, and they tried to help him, but he wouldn't let them. The police looked into the water for hours, and they never found a second body. So they concluded that he had, uh, due to drugs or something, he was, you know, it was on his imagination. He was just making it up. 
But she goes, I know this uh, might sound far-fetched, but I've been trying to find out more about these BE case black-eyed kids uh-huh. ever since I wanted to share my experience. So apparently she's thinking that they had something to do with her uh, ex drowning himself looking for a girl because maybe he ran into them again because it's just a strange encounter. Uh, that is creepy. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Like I was telling you, uh, I didn't know if I was even going to bring this up on a show because it's literally just this woman's story. I don't know how true or how much she could be telling the absolute, you know, gospel. Yeah. For all I know. But she also may be just making this up. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. I do like that you brought it up because it does kind of go back to the topic we covered during Urban Legends Part One, uh, the Black Eyed Kids. So it kind of harkens back to that. But the idea behind the fascination with Urban Legends was that there's always these stories, these stories that come yep. out of nowhere. There's not many people to corroborate and and say that this really happened it's usually one or two people that have a story and um it's i don't know man i feel like it fits it's kind of it's cool and it's creepy because i mean it just adds it adds more to the mythos of this urban legend it adds more it's another story you can tell when telling the urban legend of black-eyed kids yeah or black-eyed adults apparently as well black-eyed beings yeah that's even creepier call them bebs I don't know. I think I'd be more freaked out with kids having black eyes, but yeah. neither one of them do I want to see on my day. No, not at all. No, thank you. Yeah, uh, uh-uh. That's, there's no good that can come of that. Yeah. <laughs> I assume if somebody has black eyes, I'm automatically thinking X-Files and that they're alien. See? Here we go. Back. To, always comes back to this the X-Files. This is just an X-Files episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. I man, I'm glad you brought that up. I like that. That's yeah. that's it's just like what Chris said. It just adds a nice creep factor to that to that urban legend. Where did it know? take place? Where was it at? Bristol, United Kingdom. Oh, out in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's this interesting. Is, this is a world world phenomena. That it's not just in the US these beings. Apparently so. Interesting. Man, that is freaky. Nice black eyed children. Black eyed beings. Yeah. Black eyed freaky. All right. Well, mine is uh, a little, I guess, just a little more bland than that, if you want to call it that. Um, <laughs> we'll put some mustard on it. Yeah, we'll put a little, <laughs> put a little salt and pepper on it. You know, um, I was researching, you know, you know, looking up weird stuff for to mention to you guys, and I came across this one that is apparently about. Uh, there is an urban legend attached to it as well, which I'll get into in a second. But apparently in a town called Clareton, which is in uh, Pennsylvania, um, I believe it's near uh, I believe it's near Pittsburgh. Um, there is like a, a main street in this town that is uh, mostly residential that's just completely deserted. And not to the point that you know, all uh, all of these houses are just abandoned and empty. No, there's 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 uh, uh, there's a car in one of the garages. Um, there's clothes in the closets. There's personal items uh, like photographs and and books and uh, uh, clothes and all kinds of things still in these houses. Like to the point that people had laid out you know their clothes for the next day and then fled, or whatever um, so like amityville style yeah 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 um 
So apparently, there was a gas leak in the area uh, in October of 2006, and uh, the, it was it was reported shortly before the entire block was discovered abandoned. So there's a good possibility that it was due to a gas leak and nobody. But it begs the question of why didn't anybody come back? Now, I have a friend of mine. Uh, who is a paramedic um, in Pittsburgh, and she has actually gone past this place several times. Um, she said it's very interesting because there were 52 spots for houses and only 40 houses were built, so there's a lot of you know vacant lots here. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Pittsburgh legend, there's some kind of mythical beast or creature that caused... Uh, a lot of, you know, problems in this area and made people abandon the neighborhood in the middle of the night, which is somewhat consistent with what the, 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 what the photographs show as far as things left behind and whether you believe it's the beast or a gas leak, the place was abandoned in a hurry. But it's, um, you can it's pull just up one street, on Google. one block. Yes. What's the name of the town again? Or the area? Clareton? How do you spell that? C-L-A-I-R-T-O-N. Okay, thank you, sir. I wonder why look at something up. I'm, I wonder why the people on the next block over weren't afraid of the beast. Why why was it just or uh, that one if block? it was a gas leak, yeah, why how come it wasn't like a square block or why was it just a street? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um my friend who's a paramedic, she's been there many times and she says when you go there's just a feeling that something isn't right. She's mentioned to me wondering if maybe it's not like a subsonic, you know, frequency from, because there, this area has a steel mill right across the street from it. That was also abandoned. That's why I said it was mostly residential. So there's some people that say it was a gas leak. There's some people that say the steel mill, um, caused some kind of toxicity in the area and everybody fled because of that. Um, apparently there's a lot of really weird sinkholes in the area that are, that are unexplained. Um, not really big sinkholes, but you know, big enough that if you're walking and you don't see it, you'll break your ankle. (laughs) That sucks. Um, My first, my first thought was Chris, I think this was before Carter jumped on board our show, but you remember when we talked about Centralia, Oh, that sounds so familiar. That was that, that was town. Me, bro. Oh, I was you. Okay, I couldn't yeah, remember. Me. My memory is what they say. Uh, I don't remember the word. Now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was also that place is also in Pennsylvania. So the reason I was asking you uh, the name of that place, I was looking to see how far they were from each other, and they're a good four hours away from each other. So hmm. I, I don't. I was going to see if they're related somehow. But were you going to theorize? Theorize. I was. Do you think I it, can't do you now. Think it could be something related to. Or a similar situation to that with that steel mill, you know, being right there? Well, my theory would be just because I live really close to a uh, town called, well, it used to be a town called uh, uh, Henry River Mill or something like that. We literally, a small town was built around this this mill, this textile mill. And when it burned down, everybody just left. They just left it. And all that's left there are just these abandoned buildings. They've been that way forever. And it's so creepy looking that it was used as the... Um, 
and the uh, Hunger Games movies as the as their hometown there. That's that's what it's known for now for that. Oh, that's and, creepy. I remember yeah. hearing about that. Yeah, that's literally like that's like I had to go through there today to go to the doctor's office. That's how close it is to me. And it's just literally what happened was everybody. It's got this big bunch of uh, people think it's haunted. Uh, people think that it's got all this weird stuff about it. But the real history behind it is that mill went down, and that was literally the only reason for that town to be there. Everybody worked in that mill. That's where the store was. It was all there on the river. And as soon as that went down, they had nothing, so they just left everything and just left. And this was like this was a long, long time ago. Though. I don't know when all this happened at this place. So that would be my guess is maybe something happened at that at that steel mill or whatever it is that you said that they had there. And that was, that was the reason that whole block was there, and they all just left. But it is weird they just leave cars there yeah, and stuff. Though. That's they just odd. leave everything behind, clothing, food, all that kind of stuff. Like, just walk straight out of their houses. And then yeah, like, did any of them yeah. answer for it? Like, has anyone talked to any of these people? Like, hey, what the hell? Why'd you leave your stuff apparently, behind? Apparently, if you try to talk about it with the people to block over, they don't want to talk about it. Can I get that PlayStation? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to use it, I'm going to get in there and get that. Well, and that's the weird thing, isn't it? You know, why, if it was abandoned in a gas leak, okay, what do you figure? Two, three days for the, for the gas to clear once they shut it off. So why didn't, so why, like, no, that's, that's, why didn't doesn't these make people sense. come back and get their stuff? The, I mean. The gas doesn't make sense because you would have had to clear other wouldn't you have to clear other blocks, or am I just wrong in that? You like, I'm not sure how that works. Probably have to clear other blocks depending on how large the leak was. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Hmm. My neighbor down the street when he lived here was chopping in his backyard and hit a gas line before we moved in, and apparently they only evacuated the street. Interesting. Like our, like that part of the street, you know. So. Yeah, so that's what I'm I saying. Don't know. I guess a it, whole I guess line it depends of on how big it is. Up and down the street. Yeah, how many houses is it? Uh, what did I say? 40? And holy cow, really? Yeah. All right, that's not a gas leak. <laughs> that's not yeah, a gas that's, leak. Uh, that something else. That's a lot of houses. To be <laughs> that's up and once. down the street, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's way more than it's in that town near me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just creepy, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. Just, I mean, that's just odd. I... <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes when you read these things, you, you there's a part of me that wants to travel back in time to just be there to witness this stuff as it happens so I have an answer. But then at the same time, I, I maybe I don't want to witness it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that small little part of the brain that's like, well, what if this isn't a joke? Yeah, buyer's remorse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is Very strange. Nice. I'll Very give you nice. that. I, yeah, I thought it fit right in with our, you know, with our show because that's just one of those things that you would expect something like that to have some kind of answer, especially in this day and age. If it was something like a gas leak, wouldn't the city just come out and say, "Oh yeah, we, it was totally a gas leak"? You know that you don't hide a gas leak. Is what yeah, I'm there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to hide that. Just say what it is. Exactly. You know, unless you're saying it was a gas leak to cover up something else. Yeah. Did you say when all these houses became abandoned? Um, according to what I've read, it was sometime in 2011. Oh, so it's kind of recent. All... Really. Well, that, but you know, you, you say that, but 
I didn't realize this either until I started reading around and stuff. It doesn't take long for stuff to go to hell once it's been abandoned, you know? Like, it, 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 you see the pictures of this place, and a couple of nasty Pennsylvania winters have torn it up. It looks so. like it's been abandoned for a lot longer. Hmm. Maybe it has. Hmm. And this was just the most recent, you know, uh, uh, article or, or, or what have you that was written on it. But Has anyone tried to move, like, move in those houses or check those houses out? There have been urban explorers that, that, that have gone in there. There's some pictures of it on Google. And this one article that I brought up had a lot of pictures. The guy, the guy did manage to take a picture of the car that was in the garage. What was the name again? Claretown? Clareton. Yeah, I like the stuff that's supposed to help your allergies. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> the town, that block may be abandoned, abandoned, but their allergies are doing wonderful. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, it's it's odd, man. It's freaky. I wouldn't want to go there. Let's just say that. I wouldn't want to go there. We're not going to be doing any live shows uh, from <laughs> from any of these abandoned houses. Huh. Alrighty, you want to move on to our main event? Yeah, let's what are we get, talking about? What are we yeah, talking about get, today? Let's get into the main event. Uh, some of our listeners may be familiar with this depending on your age uh by the time i was three or four years old this was a mcmartin was a household word uh in my house it it personified a lot of my mother's fears about that particular point in time mcmuffin uh, was we're a household word the, yeah it, well <laughs> it, it wasn't until i dug back into this that all of it came back you know because oh. i was I, I was so young when this happened um we're, we're going to be talking about the mcmartin preschool trial today uh listeners um which is uh slightly unsavory for our show but we're gonna do our best to keep it clean if we can um the mcmartin preschool trial was one of the very first uh daycare sexual abuse cases in the 1980s um and it's significant in that it it, it occurred right towards the beginning of the satanic ritual abuse panic that took hold um, in the 1980s. If you were there, you know, and you were alive in that time, you probably remember what this was like. Um, anyway, uh, the McMartin Preschool was a daycare center in Manhattan Beach, California, um, and it was a family-run uh, daycare center. Um, Virginia McMartin had started the daycare center, and at the at the time that the trial happened, both her daughter and uh, granddaughter and grandson worked at the uh, preschool as well. Um, so on August 12th, 1983, is that that's when all this stuff starts. Uh, a woman by the name of Judy Johnson uh, called the police uh, to report that she believed her son had been molested at the McMartin preschool by a man named Ray Bucky, who was Virginia McMartin's grandson. Uh, she apparently discovered uh, a spot of blood on her son's pants uh, after a trip to the doctor where he complained that uh, his anus was itching. 
And this is where, this is what started the whole entire thing. How old was Buck? What was his name? Bucky? Ray Bucky at the time of the allegation was 25. Okay, yeah. Because when you said grandson, I didn't want listeners to think that he was like a 10-year-old kid. I Yeah, you hear grandson and you immediately think that. But at the time of these allegations, uh, Virginia McMartin was in her 70s. Um, which is also very interesting because Virginia McMartin was named as one of the defendants in the trial as well. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a few days later, August 18th, this woman, Judy Johnson, meets with a detective named Hogue uh, to, to uh, press her complaint, to, to press charges, as it were. Um, she brings the son with her a few days later back to the police station and he indicates that he has been abused by Ray Bucky. Uh, in September of 83, Ray Bucky is arrested. And unfortunately at that, at that point in time, unfortunately for the police, they have to release him because there's just not enough evidence to hold the guy. All we have is one allegation from one child, um, versus a, preschool that has been operating in the area for I believe it's upwards of 20 25 years at that point in time and is widely recognized throughout the community as being one of the best places uh, to send your kid at that point in time so the police chief sends out a sort of a form letter to about 200 uh, McMartin preschool parents uh, telling them that, that Bucky is suspected of child abuse and asking these parents to question their children as to any any sort of activity that may have occurred while they were at this preschool. So here's where it, here's where it starts to get uh, a little a little crazy. Um, on September 30th, 1983, uh, Judy Johnson uh, tells the police that Billy said. Her son said Ray Bucky sodomized him while his head was in the toilet. Uh, that Bucky wore a cape during one of the incidents. Uh, that he wore a Santa Claus costume during one of the incidents. Dressed up like a minister and also took Billy to a car wash where he was locked in a trunk. Uh, the teachers, the other, other teachers not including Ray Bucky, uh, are said to have sacrificed animals at the uh, preschool and place some sort of star on, uh, on Billy's bottom of which no evidence uh, was ever found. No physical evidence was ever found. All these allegations um, came out later during the investigation, right? Yes. Not during, not part of the initial uh, complaint that this woman made. Um, now I am going to take this moment to let our, our listeners know that, uh, Judy Johnson was diagnosed uh, with acute paranoid schizophrenia and was hospitalized for it at one point. And she died in 1986 uh, from chronic alcoholism before the preliminary hearing for the trial was actually concluded. And that's the woman that made these allegations, the initial allegations. Uh, in October of 83... The DA's office asks a woman named Key McFarlane, who is a consultant for the Children's Institute International, 
uh, which handles sexual abuse cases in California, to interview the kids uh, at McMartin to see if, if any more of them have suffered any kind of sexual abuse. Uh, by, the, by, by March of 1984, CII, the Children's Institute International, has diagnosed 360 students of McMartin as being victims of sexual abuse. Uh, in January of 1984, uh, the McMartins closed the, the preschool. It's, it's over. It's done. Uh, in February of 84, uh, a KABC reporter named Wayne Satz presents a, an expose, I guess you would call on what he calls a massive child abuse scandal at the McMartin preschool. Uh, that same year in March, something like 10 or 12 daycare centers in Los Angeles are raided and searched for any kind of incriminating evidence that there's abuse going on there. Nothing is found. Uh, on March 22nd, 1984, Ray Bucky, Peggy Bucky, Virginia McMartin, Peggy Ann Bucky, who is Ray's sister, uh, Marianne Jackson, Bette Rader, and Babette Spittler are indicted on 115 counts of child sex abuse. You heard that right, 115 counts. Uh, later, the LA Times reports that the McMartin students, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at this because it's not funny, <laughs> but in retrospect, it is a little bit funny, that these children have been fondled, raped, photographed nude, and forced to witness animal sacrifice on some sort of altar uh, in a secret underground room that exists beneath the preschool. Now I'm going to take this opportunity to tell our viewers that McMartin Preschool was built on top of a concrete slab, and I work in the masonry industry. You cannot build tunnels underneath concrete without shoring them up, and if you shore them up, that's going to leave evidence behind. Um, in April of 84, CII launches a campaign for public donations to help the investigation of the McMartin preschool by 89. These people have $11 million, $11 million by May of 84. The indictment count reaches 208. Ray Bucky is held without bail. Uh, in July, a federal grand jury is, is convened to begin its own investigation. 30 additional people who were unnamed were placed under investigation after this. Um, the uh, city prosecutor, or the state prosecutor, I should say, named Lael Rubin announces that seven McMartin teachers committed 397 sexual crimes, of which they will now be charged. By the time this trial is over, in 1990, it has costed the taxpayers $15 million and is generally regarded as one of the longest and most expensive trials in um, American criminal history. Uh, and that's not good enough um, for the McMartin parents. This trial ended in hung in a hung jury, not guilty verdicts for pretty much every single person that was involved in this. Once the, once the initial trial was over, the state retried Ray Bucky for the same counts, and again, the jury uh, was undecided, and the prosecutors decided not to seek uh, a third trial. 
uh, for Mr. Bucky, unfortunately for them. Fortunately for him, if you think about it, though, uh, the man spent five years in jail, Ray Bucky, five years in jail without uh, without being formally, former, formally convicted of any crime, just being held without bail. Five years. It's insane. By the time all of this is over, you've destroyed God knows how many, you know, careers, lives. Uh, these kids have been, even if they weren't abused, they've been traumatized by all the stuff that they've, that they've gone through having to deal with all of this. Um, and what initially, you know, started the whole thing was one complaint from one parent. Now, what's interesting, if you dig into the trial, is that the prosecution was never able to really present any kind of physical evidence, you know, bruising, scarring. Um, the teachers were alleged to have to use knives on these kids. So where were the where were the cuts? Yeah, wasn't you know, where one, was the scarring? I was, mean, there was one, none. Wasn't one of the things where they said the kid got drilled underneath his arm? Like, well, yeah, it? one kid got drilled underneath his arm uh, by by Peggy Bucky. That should be um, obvious if that was the case. And that you you would think that would be left behind to leave some kind of mark. And then if you go even further than that into some of the even stranger allegations, like you know Ray Bucky flew around in the air. Uh, that these children witnessed the ritual slaughter of, of animals in a hidden room beneath the school. Um, and apparently there were trap doors leading to tunnels uh, that were situated all throughout the uh, preschool. Again, I work in masonry. You cannot patch concrete without leaving behind some kind of evidence. So even if these tunnels had existed and were filled in, somebody would have noticed it. And didn't it wasn't when she was shown a, or one of the kids was shown a bunch of pictures of people like and they asked who did stuff to him they pointed out Chuck Norris. Yes, one of the kids did point out Chuck Norris Chuck was Norris. in on that too. Is there anything Chuck apparently, Norris can't do? Apparently there isn't because he's, you know, he's 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 Chuck Norris. So Oh man. Apparently th- I I think I read one of the things that heard or read, I don't remember, but was that this was the case that changed how uh, the police, I guess, interrogate be the best word, children. Yes. Well, yeah, yes, because I did. think I think the big well, one, what, of the, one of the big things was was uh, right afterwards, after this thing came out, a letter was sent to all the parents of these kids, and it said that this is going on. This is the the allegations being made. These are the questions you should ask your children, and they were very leading questions, like. You know what I mean? And and I think one of the things I saw said a lot of times when they were talking to these psychologists, um, the children would say, no, these things didn't happen. And the psychologist, like in the in the transcripts, you can read that the psychologists say, are you sure? Because so-and-so said this happened. Maybe you're not remembering it right. Could it be that you're just not remembering right? And the kid would say, yeah. And then, go, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, it, and the other, one of the other ones is that the, the psychologist kept talking about naked movie star games. Yeah. All these weird names that, and, and some of these, do you, do, does nobody else not remember the, the nursery rhyme? 
well, it's not a nursery rhyme. It was more of an insult. No. From uh, from when we were younger, what you say is what you are. You're a naked movie star. No, I never I'm heard of that. I've never yeah, watched. And, 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 okay, <laughs> that's, that's where the kids the kids ended up saying no, no, it doesn't mean what you think it means. This is what it means. It's just something that we taunt each other with. It's so weird, but yeah, um, you're right, Johnny. Because of that, because of all of these very leading. Uh, questions and and just way just the way they I mean think of how they must have harmed these kids by telling them these things and you know and and it was almost like you see in movies where cops get uh you know a perpetrator in the room and they just you know pound them and pound them and pound them with with questioning until they just finally tell the cop what they the cop wants to hear whether it's true or not um, yeah that's exactly how a lot of these kids were they didn't you know they just finally started to say what they un- that would end it faster and they didn't have to do it any longer. Yeah. And I think, if I recall right, they also did not record these interrogations. Like uh-huh. there was, there, there was no videotape of it. And the they police, changed. The police did not record them. Um, yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. This, this place, uh, CII. The psychology people the, did. Yeah. Yeah. The, the this lit, this woman, Kim McFarland, she recorded interviews with these kids, but the court sealed those interviews. They're locked. Uh, once they were completed. Locked away. And, it, and didn't they not? They they did not put any of the kids on trial. I mean. On trial, but out of in a, as a witness or anything like that. Out of the uh, original 360 kids, only 41 testified during the grand jury hearing and the pretrial hearings, and only nine testified during the actual trial. Huh. Yeah. The prosecution saw some of the video interviews. And said, "Well, we can't put these kids on the stand. They're, what they're saying doesn't match up with what these other kids are saying." Yeah, exactly. As far as these trap doors in the in the preschool go, no two kids pointed to the same location for the trap doors. When before the preschool was torn down, because um, now it's it's a uh, it's a dry cleaner, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there were parents that that went to the lot and started digging around looking for tunnels. Um, then a couple of days later, they showed up with a backhoe and dug a 60 foot trench from uh, uh, east to west or north to south on the property. Found nothing. The only stuff they found out, well, we'll get into that in the conspiracy theory part of it, but I mean, it's nobody else baffled that, you know, all of this has been, I don't mean to belittle it, but that all of this is based on the word of a child and a diagnosed schizophrenic. Yeah, it, it's well, it's sad because you said well, this is the '80s, right? Mid '80s, or yeah. early to mid '80s, and like you said, this this was one of the one of the things that went out there that started that hysteria of Satanism, Satanism in schools, Satanism in preschools, Satanism in everything. Um, and we talked about it before the show, like we'd had experiences that we remember uh, in the 80s and, and early 90s where Satan was a big deal. Satan was the reason behind everything that we see in pop culture. Uh, do you guys remember those talk shows uh, but before Oprah, like uh, Phil Donahue? Yep. And yes. I, uh, yep. there was a show that was on CNN and it was about the 80s. It was like a whole series of, of, of episodes about the 80s. And one of them was about. Yeah, I watched a little. Yeah, one of them was about television in the 80s, and there was a little segment about Phil Donahue on there. 
but I remember like those kinds of shows, um, and especially like a show like his had these things where they would bring up Satanists and people who worshipped Satan, uh, and they would they would freely talk about you know oh this is what we do and and you know that's not come on you're not really you know getting off that stage going home slicing open a lamb and sucking the blood out it's not happening um, yeah you know what I mean it was obviously all for show. Um, Cause like, I remember when Marilyn Manson first came out and he'd be on those talk shows, you know, sitting up in front of all those people as the weirdo. Um, yep. This whole, this, this, this case here was one of the things that helped spurn that, that start that whole fire, wildfire of, of the satanic rituals in everyday life, you know? Well, like I said, the fact that, the prosecution ha- had all these things. Um, if you dig farther into the trial, I mean, there's we could do four or five episodes on this. There's so much stuff here. One of the things that you notice if you dig into the trial is that the prosecution did not release a lot of this stuff to the defense. They didn't tell them they had it. There was no, during the discovery phase, none of this stuff came out. I mean, it, the, the prosecution literally kept it to themselves. So they just kind of sprung it on them during trial that oh Satan was involved and you guys have been well, killing they, animals they kept and a lot of these they kept saw the a church lot of these, yeah right Satan? a lot of these yeah. a lot of these kids that didn't that didn't their stories didn't you know were too over yeah. the top or didn't match up with this story or that story or you know the kids that talked about seeing Ray Bucky flying you know weren't put on the stand <sighs> hmm. so how did that so how did that well, come? How did that come out? In, in turn, because I know that that was a big part of this case was that there was these allegations of satanic rituals, and and because of a it, a lot of that stuff came from the press. So they made so that well, that's what I'm saying. They if, didn't they didn't necessarily make it up, but the press sort of seized on that and focused on it. And if you go back and watch some of the old news reports and like but, what Johnny was talking about, the thing that was on YouTube. No, what I'm saying though is the allegations were there though, right? They did allege that satanic practices had happened. It wasn't like the the McMartins were not aware of what they were being charged with. No, no, they they they, they were aware of that, but since they couldn't, uh, they weren't being charged with like you know, uh, animal cruelty or, you, you know what I'm saying? Stuff that would be related to like the sacrifice of animals. They weren't be none of that stuff was, was in, was in the charges. 90% of what they were being charged with was, um, you know, indecency with a minor and, uh, uh, um, they were being charged. They were, it was alleged that they ran a, a, a kitty porn ring out of the preschool also and that these children were being photographed so where did the press uh, where was it that the press got wind of a whole satanic angle on this the press heard about some of these things from this guy's this wayne Satz, this guy's initial report oh okay that's but what if it you was. go back and dig into some of this it was just it was just a little mention at first of oh that you know they may have sacrificed nobody explicitly said satanism until the press got a hold of it. And then it's wildfire. And, exactly. And the press never at any point said, well, maybe this isn't true. Or, you know, maybe we should dig a little deeper. Or maybe we shouldn't say, we shouldn't act like this stuff has all been, you know, proven and is 100% when it's not. Did anybody um, track down 
uh, at the time, did anybody track down Chuck Norris and see what uh, what he'd been up to <laughs> at the time? Yeah. Was Norris well, ever asked about this? Here's, when I say when I say the prosecution kept things kept certain things from the defense, um, here's here's a good example. Uh, there's one female student that they won't identify by name who said she was molested by Ray Bucky, and she said it happened on this day, this day, and this day. Well, when they match things up. Bucky wasn't even working there yet. So it couldn't have been him. His empl- his start date of employment was nowhere near when this girl said this stuff happened. So, and some of the other days, Bucky wasn't even working. You know, it, it, it's things like that where the facts don't match what's being said. That if I was the prosecutor, I would start saying, "Okay, uh, are are we sure about this? Are we one hundred percent sure about this? Because if we're not, we're gonna waste a lot of money and a lot of time, and we're gonna ruin some lives." So where does where does yeah. the conspiracy come in on this? Well, here's okay. Here's where the conspiracy comes in. the The parents of a lot of these kids at McMartin fully wholeheartedly believed what their children were telling them. And, you know, I'm going to be a parent soon too. So I can't specifically say I wouldn't react in a similar manner. If I was in a similar situation, I was going to say, just to bounce off that Carter, you know, just imagine that you're a parent and your little kid is saying these things. Exactly. I I mean, even though, you know, kids have a tendency to, uh, make stuff up or whatever. This but, is a serious thing. But, I mean, this is a major but thing. But that's the thing. See, at, the, at this point in time, these parents were not uh, on the on that line of thinking of, oh, my kid makes stuff up. No, 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 no. These parents were were unquestioningly believing what their children told them. When I was a kid, my mom picked me, picked me up from preschool one day. And I started telling her a story about a little blonde girl that wandered out to the fence and just disappeared. I used those exact words. She just disappeared. My mom and dad were frantically calling the school that day. And my preschool teacher was like, yeah, that didn't happen. I don't know what your son is talking about. It didn't happen, guys. I made it up. Yeah, I mean, no, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm saying like. Yeah. I I, mean, that's where I, I I was going to. Yeah, I understand where the emotion would come in. You know, yeah, of, yeah, a, lot of, of, a lot of times uh, this happens all throughout our history. A lot of times emotion and fear, and it ha- it's happening now, really. Emotions and fear get in, get in the way of reason and reasoning. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And if you ha- and if your kid tells you, especially your little kid, your kid is not even, uh, you know, he's only in preschool, is telling you that these terrible, horrible things, these horrible acts are happening to them. You're going to be angry, and you're not going to be thinking right. You just you I agree. And you love your kid. And you want to be protective of that child. I agree 100%. So I think when I earlier, when I said, oh, it was, you know, the media pushed the Satanism aspect, the parents pushed it too. This is another one of those cases where we don't have one finger that we can point at one party and say it's your fault or it's your fault or whatever. Everybody in this, from the prosecutors to the newspapers to the reporters to the parents, have enough blame to go around, I think. Um, so anyway, so the 
The conspiracy part comes in in that the McMartin parents hired their own uh, uh, surveyor, if you will, uh, to try and corroborate some of the stories of what their kids were saying about the tunnel system that was beneath the preschool. So this guy came out there and used ground-penetrating radar and apparently found some pretty salacious uh, when you, things. When you say there. the McMartin parents, you're not talking about the McMartins themselves. You're talking about the parents of the children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the parents of the kids that were – some of them were parents who whose kids had already, like, moved through the – you know, come and gone and gone and gone on to regular elementary school. Um, and some of those kids told their parents that this stuff happened to them too. So they hired their own investigator to find this. Yeah, more or less. So this guy shows up there with, with GPR and like I said, found some really interesting to him stuff. Um, apparently once they started to dig, uh, the parents noticed a lot of trash and garbage, and when this when this guy, this surveyor, uh, started to do his investigation, he noticed that there was in certain areas there was fill dirt that didn't match, you know, the dirt that was uh, that was known to exist in Manhattan Beach at that time. So. This guy uh, starts digging down and finds what he claims to be an arch uh, beneath the uh, concrete pad that the uh, preschool is built on. Um, once again, masonry construction, you don't, you don't go underneath concrete like that without some kind of super serious structural support like steel or something underneath there. And you don't have that kind of stuff underneath there without leaving some kind of evidence. Uh, well, it turns out that the fill dirt, this is according to a separate report, uh, that the city hired their own investigator. And this guy said, well, yes, there is non-matching fill dirt here. And there is an abundance of trash and things like that. So what this guy discovered was that there was a house on the property years before the McMartins built their preschool. And these people dug trash pits in their yard. They buried their trash. When the trash pit was full, they filled it up and dug another one. And just boom, 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 boom through the yard until they left. So what this guy was finding was the fill dirt and the trash that were in these trash pits. But he was turning around and using that as evidence that there were tunnels under there. Now, the conspiracy part comes in in that some people do still believe this guy, even though his report has almost unanimously been discredited. Some people still believe that there was a child pedophile ring conspiracy thing around this preschool and that tunnels led... Uh, from the preschool to an adjacent property, uh, which was a, at the time, unused garage. There was three or four bay doors there. So they would take the kids through these tunnels to this garage, and that's where they would transport them around the city to do various things with various uh, highfalutin people. So you could give people facts all day. There's still going to be people who don't believe it. I 
right there with you. I'm right there with you. You would not have tunnels of this size or hidden rooms uh, of this size without leaving behind uh, some kind of physical evidence. And that's if you could even get them filled. Interesting. You know, how, how would the Buckies and the McMartins, once they are arrested, get the thing filled in? I mean, Ray Bucky's held without bail, you know. Yeah. And the re- and and no offense, not to be sexist or anything, but the rest of of the uh, people that were that were charged and brought in are all women. Oh, so how many, okay. So now. how many men? All right, now Carter. Actually, work at this school. How many people would you have to have involved in this to get the thing filled while nine people that are involved in this are sitting in jail? And also, the the thing that it's strange to me even more so is if you have all these adults there at this school as somebody drops things left and right. <laughs> what? If, you have, if you have all these people at this school, somebody's going to talk besides a child. An adult is going to say, if these things are happening, an adult is going to whisper it. It's going to be whispered around town that these kind of weird, strange things are going on. Because yeah. somebody's going to see something. Yeah, right? that's not going to stay quiet. Even if it's just something that they discount at the time. Yeah. Someone will see something. Now, here's another interesting thing. The cops ran black lights all over McMartin Preschool. No blood, no bodily fluids, no... They never found any animal carcasses or animal bones uh, on the property. So complete lack of physical evidence and yet and yet i don't know if it was you know throwing sex abuse into the mix or throwing satanism into the mix something got everybody stirred up because when the prosecutor retried ray bucky he didn't do it because he wanted to he did it because the public opinion was you need to retry this man i think it i mean it, it had, what I see is because well, when you when I looked into this thing and I saw the thing about the satanic thing, um, I looked into that itself, the satanic ritual abuse, and it was a big deal. It says you know a lot of well, a, 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 not a lot of the initial publicity came from a book called Michelle Remembers. Have no clue what it's about, um, but then it's uh it's about satanic ritual abuse, but it's basically been, you know, yeah. And so the thing is, is is that it's. One of the things I read said that this trial sustained the that that crazy panic throughout the eighties because of it. Um, so that the guy obviously felt pressure because this was a big deal and this was a big panic and a big scare. There were people across the country pulling children out of daycares because they thought that there was this network of Satanists around the country that were abusing and doing these ritual practices with their children. Um, and I think that's probably why this is an important, one of the more important cases, aside from the fact that, you know, it helped us figure out how to deal with children in these cases and sexual abuse and how to talk to them and how to, you know, how to deal with the issue itself. Um, the, another important thing is the idea of the satanic panic, like you said earlier, the satanic panic, because 
like Johnny said, when you have fear over once fear kicks in, man, it overrules everything, overrules reason, overrules common sense. And you're talking about and these are all people who are smart people. You know, these are people who are, you know, college people, people who, you know, scientists, doctors who pulled kids out of daycares because they thought something like this was going on. Um, so, yeah, dude, this McMartin case, dude, <laughs> moral of the story. <laughs> Homeschool? <laughs> <laughs> Just say no to Dude, kids. Johnny, that's not actually that's actually not like a bad moral of the story, to be honest. Yeah, because if I, you're... you know, I would say for me, man, moral of the story is don't don't believe everything that you hear. You know, go with go with the facts. Go with what the facts tell you. Go with you know, I I got an article here from the L.A. Times from 2005 where one of the kids who was at McMartin literally said, no one ever did anything to me. I never saw them do anything. I said a lot of things that didn't happen. I lied. Yeah. Like I said, they were pressured. They felt like they were they needed to give the adults what they wanted to hear because when the adults didn't get what they wanted to hear, they continued to say ask the same questions. So they figured out, hey, I'm not saying what they want to hear. I got to tell them what they want, you know? And, and then and I can kid- get out of here. And then, and also, kids at that age, uh, you know, my um, some of my close fr- one of my close friends has a has a kid who would probably be in daycare. He's close to daycare age, and he knows when adults are paying attention to him, and he will start telling stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll tell me a story. He told me a story the other day just because he knew I was paying attention to him. All about this great monster coming up out of this river. And it caught on fire on the river. And he just tell me all these crazy things about <laughs> this monster. And he's just making it up because he's just trying to be entertaining. entertaining and he likes the attention. Yeah. I mean, it's just kids of that age. It's just, it's, I think we're all kind of agreeing on this, that it's, you know, that it was all made up, right? Obviously. Obviously. Oh, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and it was the, it was that hysteria, the hysteria that, that swept the nation in the wake of this thing that didn't help. It was like the fuel to the fire. Yeah, and and we have a in our country. I mean, the whole world really, but our country especially has a history of letting fear take place over over reasoning and yep. and just. I mean, we I mean we put uh, Japanese Americans in camps, no, you yeah. know, after after Pearl Harbor because we were afraid. Yeah. So this this even though that, <laughs> so even though we all know that more than likely these kids were just making this up or they were in a weird situation where they felt they had to say these things. I get where the parents were coming from just because yeah. if you're a parent, you want to be protective of your kids and you want to believe what your kid's saying, especially if it's something of this, of this magnitude. Cause that's serious. It's yeah. That's serious. a very serious yeah. thing. Yeah. How do you live with yourself? If you have a doubt about it, once you doubt it, then you start thinking, to, you know what I mean? It's like, as a parent, how do you live with yourself when you doubt that? Because if it yeah. did happen and you doubted it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And on the, exactly. other, side, on the other side of this, those people who are being accused of this, even if it comes out that it was all made up and they're completely innocent, their lives are just already their, their names are in the mud already. It's, well, you know. not entirely true in this case. Um, in actuality, Peggy Bucky um, was able to petition the state of California to reinstate her uh, teaching certificate, and they granted it. And oh, that's good. And did she in get students? Ninety or ninety-two, I believe they they uh, they restored her. Uh, her right to teach or her ability 
to but, teach in the state. But who sent their, their kids to her? Their reasoning was, well, even if this was true, going back and examining the court documents, no children uh, indicated her in any way. So even, even if it was true, we don't believe that she was one of the abusers. Hmm. Was basic. That's basically what I got. From, from what they were saying. So, yeah, but, but even if... I mean, that, but he, I, no, I see what you're saying. Like, think if you're Ray Bucky, man, you're screwed. Yeah. That's it. There's always going to be people that believe you're a child molester. Yeah. I mean, we were, I was joking before we started recording this about, you know, uh, Michael Jackson. I mean, there's people that even, no matter what comes out about him, uh, they're always going to believe the, you know, the what was alleged to happen that he had yeah, done. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no matter what, and, you know, we, we'll talk about maybe another episode, of that, but it's just, this is just a weird, strange thing. I mean, it's, especially when you bring in just this whole, the, the, the satanic ritual aspect of it just seems so far out of left field to be brought up in all this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like where, where does that even come from? Is it, is it a situation like what you're talking about, Johnny, where, the kid is just talking about flaming monsters on the river just because yeah. or is this, you know, did they see something on TV that sounds that to me like, did, you know, well, obviously they were telling stories, but it sounds to me like one of these psychologists had just got done reading that book. That's, you know, sparked this weird hysteria. And when they heard this child talk about a guy flying, um, you know, they thought, wait a second, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So they started. So their questions started to lead down that path, and then once that caught fire, all the kids were questioned, and then all the kids started to answer, you know, what they knew the the, the adults wanted to hear. Yeah, I I agree you, with you. You can lead. You can lead anybody when you're questioning them to go in a direction that you want. I mean, Basically. that's what a lot of people can do. I don't care what age you are. That's true. So yeah, I think we're all in agreement. This seems like one of those cases where. Um, uh, fear took over and people's common sense went out the window. Uh, unfortunate for some people. Um, yeah. And, and we learned from it though. We learned w- how to deal with children in these, in, in these types of things, how to question them. And we also learned that, you know, sometimes Satan isn't behind everything, all the bad things that are going on in your preschool. <laughs> sometimes your kid just yeah, has just because it, preschool sucks doesn't mean that they're devil worshippers. sometimes your kid just yeah. has an itchy ass yeah. <laughs> you know it's not satan or no, could it's it, called diaper rash or could it be <laughs> satan <laughs> oh guys all right man that was a good episode that was a good it's a good case it's an important case it um you know in terms of of where it stands in history and it's ties yeah, very, to I agree very important and significantly overlooked uh now in today's time now I got to check out that book Michelle remembers I want to see what that's about Yeah I wonder if you can still get copies of that man see if you can find it for free online somewhere Probably 100 for <laughs> like 100 bucks on on Amazon they try to upcharge those old books like crazy <laughs> You're right Just uh, bonkers all right, guys. You want to throw out where uh, where where people can find you on the interwebs? Uh, let's see. I'm Carter Johnson. Uh, you can find my books uh, on Amazon, um, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, and Spider's Web. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Johnny Townsend. You can find me on such things as Instagram at Johnnyism28. Also, uh, 
my other podcast, our Retro Blessed, with my buddy Trevor, talking about old school video games. And also just uh, started back recently into Oblivion, which is just like a I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's probably a, the dumbest thing you've ever heard. It is but. a comedy variety pop culture talk show. Without yeah, we plan we plan zero things out, and it's you can tell it's awesome. It's a good time. I'm glad you guys resurrected it. It's it's awesome that it's back. Yeah, and you can find those on this on the same network that you found this one, and on iTunes and Stitcher. Yes, sir. I do another podcast as well, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. Uh, that you could find on the network bicbp-radio.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, all of the podcast outlets. Um, we have a Instagram account, Twitter. Listen to our podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. I'll tell you what those accounts are. They don't have anything to do with History Creeps. I keep saying I'm going to make us some accounts on History Creeps for History Creeps, and at some point I'll get around to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, right now I'm kind of feeling under the weather, so I'm ready to go <laughs> tuck myself in and watch some creepy stuff on TV. Guys, it was good talking to you tonight. Absolutely. Awesome episode. And so for Carter Johnson, T- Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.